0: What did Jerry's mother
1: walk into? His head is in the tub, submerged. There's blood in the water.
2: There was lots of cigarette butts, beer cans, there was no forced entry.
1: It kind of lends itself to the idea that he was killed by a visitor.
0: His mother said, when George comes, please send him straight home. She said, my Jerry's dead.
3: dead? What happened? All your thoughts just go blank. And it was just, just total shock.
0: What condition was the body in?
3: The body was in
4: a
1: fetal position, almost unrecognizable. Manual strangulation is very up close and personal. This was an intimate crime. He had a Dr. Jekyll,
4: Mr. Hyde type of personality. They could be very violent.
1: We told them that
4: we had some good news and some bad news.
2: He was going to be a free man, and I snatched it away from him, just like he snatched their lives.
0: Hi. I'm Paula Zahn, and tonight we're on the case in Mishawaka, Indiana, just a few miles away from Notre Dame University. It was here in this small Midwestern city that a beloved church organist was found mysteriously murdered in his own home. The shocking crime stunned the community and sent investigators on a desperate quest for answers. March 29th, 1981. It was a quiet Sunday afternoon in Mishawaka, Indiana, when the police got a call from a frantic Clara Girardi, who had just found her 28-year-old son, Jerry, dead in his bathtub. Could she get any sense as to what had happened to him?
1: No, she couldn't. She goes into the bathroom and she finds him nude drowned in the tub
0: when police arrived Clara told them that she had been at the apartment to check on her son a church organist after a priest had called her to say he had missed both Saturday evening and Sunday mass
3: he had missed multiple masses he never called
0: Clara told investigators that as soon as she opened the door to Jerry's apartment, she knew something terrible had happened there. What did Jerry's mother walk into?
1: She walked into an apartment that was in disarray, things thrown everywhere, ransacked. Desk drawers were taken out and dumped over on the bed. The radio's blaring.
0: Clara called out to her son, but there was no answer. After nervously searching the apartment, she found Jerry in the bathroom.
1: His head is in the tub, submerged. There's blood in the water. There was a shower curtain wrapped around his neck.
0: Officers quickly sealed off the apartment, and detectives began their investigation. On the living room table, they noticed a soda can, two drinking glasses, and an ashtray filled with cigarette butts. It was obvious that Jerry had a guest in his home.
1: He had two types of cigarettes in the ashtray. It kind of lends itself to the idea that he was killed by a visitor.
0: And there were other clues that supported that theory. Police found no signs of forced entry.
1: It was somebody that he let into the apartment. It was clear that they had spent some time together. it was somebody that he had some kind of acquaintance to.
0: The evidence was collected and brought to the crime lab for testing. meanwhile jerry's devastated mother had to share the heartbreaking news with the rest of her family one of the first people she got in touch with was karen bice her younger son george's fiance his mother said when george comes please send him straight home and i said why what's wrong and she said my jerry's dead George Girardi had just returned to Mishawaka from service in the National Guard when he was given the shocking news about his older brother's murder.
3: It was just, you couldn't comprehend, like, what? He's dead? What happened? All your thoughts just go blank, and it was just just total shock.
0: While the Girardis grieved, they also had to help police identify any items that were missing from Jerry's home.
1: They were able to determine that there was some jewelry taken, a Notre Dame ring, and a pocket watch.
0: The missing pocket watch was a family heirloom that Jerry wore all the time.
3: My father died, and he left a watch for Jerry, knowing that he wasn't going to make it. Told my mom to give Jerry the watch for Christmas.
0: Still, police noted that neither of the items stolen had much monetary value.
1: Someone breaking into the apartment to steal jewelry. Uh, That didn't make any sense on this case.
0: Officers believed the jewelry had likely been taken as trophies by a cold-blooded killer. Jerry's autopsy added weight to those concerns. What did the coroner determine was the cause of Jerry's death?
1: Strangulation, manual strangulation.
0: Which takes tremendous force and takes some time.
1: Manual strangulation is very up close and personal. We believe that it it was a face-to-face encounter. This was an intimate crime.
0: But who would have wanted to kill the mild-mannered church organist in such a brutal way? Investigators knew they were going to have to catch a break in order to find the answer. Jerry Girardi had been found murdered in his own home. The 28-year-old's body was discovered draped over the side of his bathtub after having been strangled to death. Investigators believe that Jerry had invited his killer into his apartment before the brutal attack. But Jerry's loved ones struggled to understand why anyone would have wanted to hurt such a kind and gentle young man. Jerry Girardi had been a gifted musician dedicated to his craft. The accomplished organist was also in charge of the church choir. Just how seriously did he take his music? Oh, that was his life. That was his life. It just was mind-boggling how talented he was. Jerry was also devoted to his family. After his father passed away when he was just a boy, much of Jerry's childhood was spent helping his mother raise his younger brother, George.
3: Our father died five months before I was born. Jerry just turned seven, and he was the man of the house.
0: While their mother struggled with her grief, it was Jerry who held the family together. At the time of this tragedy, Tell me where he was in his life. We went to see him two weeks before he had passed away,
5: and everything was perfect. He was very, very happy. And actually, when we walked out, my husband said, finally, he can be my brother. He doesn't have to look out for me.
0: And now, just days after the final meeting, George and Karen were helping police look for Jerry's killer. Could you think of anyone who would have had a reason to target Jerry? No, he was such a mild-mannered person, very kind.
3: Jerry wasn't a threat to anybody. We had no idea who would have done this.
0: But when investigators talked with Jerry's friends, they learned that he was harboring a secret, one he hadn't shared with his family. The 28 year old was gay.
3: I don't know if I ever suspected it or not. It didn't really make any difference to me. You know, in 1981, that wasn't something that anybody talked about.
0: But detectives knew that Jerry's homosexuality would be a critical lead to investigate. Did police believe that that might have had something to do with Jerry's murder?
1: Yes, I think just from the way the body was found, I think it was pretty evident that his lifestyle likely contributed to the circumstances that led to his death.
0: Police realized that approaching Jerry's inner circle for information would require an additional level of sensitivity. In 1981, homosexuality was a taboo subject. How did that complicate this investigation? A
1: lot of the people we would have been interviewing may not want to be forthcoming because perhaps their family didn't even know that they were homosexual. So people were a little more hesitant to talk to the police.
0: Detectives were convinced that Jerry had been killed sometime after a phone call with his mother on Friday night at 10.30. Saturday evening mass he had missed the next day. Police hoped to find a witness that could help them narrow that more than 24 hour time frame. Who did police question?
1: They questioned all his friends, his lovers, acquaintances, but none of those interviews provided any good information.
0: and without any tips to follow up on the investigation slowly began to grind to a halt the lack of progress was very disappointing for Jerry's family did you have confidence that the police would ever solve the case
3: we had hope and you know as time went on it was just like we have nothing we have nothing
1: you've talked to everybody you can talk to you've exhausted all leads so it starts kind of like fading off into the the background.
0: Still, the Girardis refused to allow Jerry or his case to be forgotten. George soon got a job as a police officer in nearby South Bend, and he regularly called his colleagues in Mishawaka for updates.
3: We would check in with the detectives, and they'd tell us, you know, naturally that they're still looking, letting us know it wasn't buried away.
0: But it would take years for police to get their next break in the case. And it came in a way no one could have expected. in Mishawaka, Indiana, believed that 28-year-old Jerry Girardi had been murdered by someone he knew. But despite dozens of interviews with the church organist's family and friends, investigators weren't able to develop a suspect. And as the months slowly turned into years, the case went cold, leaving many convinced that it might never be solved. June eleventh, 1983, it had been more than two years since the murder of Jerry Girardi, when Bill Schwartz, a sergeant for the Mishawaka Police Department, was called to the scene of a suspicious fire.
4: When I first arrived, there were fire trucks in this whole area. And in looking at the apartment from the outside, I could see that the inside of the windows were completely sooted over to the point where you couldn't even see inside.
0: Firefighters had battled to extinguish the intense blaze for hours. And when they finally got inside, they made a shocking discovery. The charred remains of a man curled up on the bed in the master bedroom. Describe to me what you saw when you got there.
4: The fire was so intense that the bed was burnt right down to the springs.
0: What condition was the body in?
4: The body was still on the springs. In a fetal position, it was almost unrecognizable.
0: The home belonged to George Lamphere. The 34-year-old had been the organist at a nearby church. Dental records confirmed that he was the victim firefighters had found. What did you find out about him?
4: I found out he was pretty darn good with an organ, an excellent musician. He had cut his own albums. Music was his whole life.
0: As investigators sifted through the ashes, any thoughts that George had lost his life in an accidental fire were quickly ruled out. It was clear that this blaze had been intentionally set.
4: The initial fire was started under the bed. There was a perfect rectangle burned in the floor. In the bathroom, in the sink, all of George's IDs were there as credit cards, and he had tried to light that on fire also. And all he did was melt the credit cards. That fire never actually took.
0: Sergeant Schwartz knew the arson had been an attempt to cover up a much more serious crime, the murder of George Lamphere.
4: We assumed it right from the start that that's what we were dealing with.
0: And the medical examiner's findings backed up his theory. What did the autopsy reveal was the cause of death?
4: Strangulation by hand. His lungs was smashed. And in looking at him further on the inside, his lungs were fairly clear, which would indicate that he was dead when the fire finally kicked in.
0: The autopsy also revealed other signs of trauma. George had been beaten and tortured before his death. The mouth
4: was also taped shut.
0: With duct tape?
4: It was some kind of tape. It was about an inch and a quarter wide, maybe three inches long.
0: The carefully planned and brutally executed homicide made little sense to those who knew George. Krista Rakish was a close friend who shared his love of music.
5: My first impressions of George were of a deep artistry. He was so expressive. He was a delight in so many ways. Still,
0: family and friends wondered if the motive for the murder could have been connected to George's personal life.
5: He was outrageous and stridently gay. He was a force to be reckoned with.
0: News of George's murder spread quickly, prompting several phone calls to police. One name repeatedly came up in the conversation George's former partner and roommate, Adrian.
4: They broke up about a week before, and it was really hard on Adrian.
0: And there was more. Police had responded to several reports of domestic disputes between George and his volatile ex-boyfriend.
4: He was our number one suspect. We just had to find him.
0: Arguing was one thing. Had they ever reported any violence?
4: Yes. Adrian could be a violent person if he wanted to.
0: In fact, everything officers heard led them to believe that George's ex-boyfriend could be responsible for the shocking murder. Police in Mishawaka, Indiana, were investigating the murder of 34-year-old George Lamphier, a church organist who was found strangled to death inside his burned-out townhouse. Within hours, police got dozens of tips about George's ex-boyfriend, Adrian. And as police tried to locate their prime suspect for questioning, those closest to George were still trying to come to terms with their loss. Nearly everyone who met George Lamphere never forgot him. He was friendly,
5: outgoing, and amazingly talented. He was so funny, really amusing. He was a fireball of energy. I was overwhelmed by his playing a stellar performer.
0: Krista Rakish was crushed. How could someone who brought her so much joy have suffered such a cruel
5: death? It was stunning news and it scared me. It was hard to believe and then it was hard to accept.
0: Krista was among those who wanted George Lanphier's killer to face justice. Tips flooded the police switchboard.
4: We got phone calls that same day. And that's how we made a lot of our initial contacts, was through those phone calls.
0: One potential suspect was mentioned in nearly every conversation. George's ex-boyfriend, Adrian. What did they say about him?
4: They said he just had a temper that could go. At any
0: moment. And many believe that George and Adrian's recent split could have been the motive for the crime. He was the most obvious person. Oh, yeah,
4: definitely. He was number one.
0: And the case against Adrian continued to take shape. George's neighbor said she heard two men fighting the night before the fire.
4: The lady next door heard commotion in the apartment about midnight.
0: The neighbor told investigators the raised voices she heard that night weren't out of the ordinary.
4: He and the roommate were a little bit volatile. They got into some pretty good arguments. And she didn't
0: think much of it. Police quickly tracked down George's ex. And what he told them was stunning. Where did he say he was on the night of the fire?
4: He told us he was at Memorial Hospital.
0: Adrian claimed he had been so upset about his breakup with George that he had checked into a psychiatric ward at a nearby hospital. The facility's records and staff backed up his account.
4: We had a female who worked there corroborate that story.
0: He was with me all night long. Police carefully vetted the story and ultimately concluded that Adrian could not have been the killer. He was officially cleared as a suspect. Once his alibi was corroborated, right. did you have any other person At that interest? point, no
4: way. Nothing. Zero, absolutely zero.
0: Officers asked George's distraught ex to help them do an inventory of the crime scene. Adrian immediately pointed out that a TV, stereo equipment, a watch, and a class ring had all been stolen, along with a milk crate full of George's record albums. Missing items were critical clues, and as investigators began to reconsider everything they knew about the crime, disturbing links to another brutal attack suddenly came into focus. Was the murder of George Lamphere connected? to the unsolved homicide of 28-year-old Jerry Girardi. What were some of the similarities between the two cases?
1: Both victims were homosexual, and both were organists at the church. Both victims were found unclothed.
0: And both men had been savagely strangled to death by someone who appeared to have entered their homes as a friend.
1: There was no forced entry into the apartment. They were clearly somebody that they had invited in, and things had gone wrong.
0: Initially, police in the two separate investigations had focused their attention on suspects close to the victims. But now detectives wondered if both men had met the same deadly stranger. And then, just days after George Lamphere's murder, a call came in that made that theory seem even more plausible. The tip was from a man who said a co-worker had just asked him for help unloading stolen stereo equipment.
4: Two very large speakers, a tuner, a changer, and a dubber.
0: But it was what the tipster said next that really caught the attention of police. He said his co worker had confessed to killing the man he had robbed.
4: This guy said he killed
0: him by strangling him. The tipster also mentioned other items his co worker was trying to get rid of
4: a TV, a watch, a ring.
0: The stolen items were a match to those taken during the murder of George Lamphere investigators immediately sprang into action.
4: My partner and I looked at each other and said, here we go. Let's see what we got here.
0: Mishawaka had just gotten a tip about a man who was trying to get rid of property stolen during a homicide. The unusual items the caller described were a match to those discovered missing from the fire-ravaged home of murder victim George Lamphere. Now, as investigators raced to the suspect's home hoping to find evidence that would confirm his connection to the disturbing crime, they wondered if they might also find the key to cracking another unsolved case, the strikingly similar murder of church organist Jerry Girardi. Mishawaka police had just obtained a warrant to search the home of their new prime suspect when the tipster called for a second time. He warned detectives that they were almost out of time.
4: He said, you better get out to the house. He's on his way home to destroy evidence.
0: Investigators were determined to make sure that 22-year-old Daniel Seltzer never got that chance. Did you beat Seltzer home?
4: Yes, we did. Just barely.
0: After a careful walkthrough of the home, police fear the lead might have been a dead end. Then, one of the detectives made a crucial observation.
4: My partner noticed a hole in the ceiling where you can get access to an attic.
0: Hidden. In the crawl space, the detectives found a milk crate full of records.
4: A couple of the albums were actual LPs that George had recorded. So, you know, we're getting really psyched up now.
0: Investigators continued their search in Daniel Seltzer's bathroom.
4: Above the toilet, there was a shelf for some reason i got on the toilet ran my hand across the top i felt something pulled it down it was a ring
0: as detective schwartz took a closer look he realized it was george lanthier's high school ring
4: from dedham massachusetts george's initials were on the inside of the ring now we do
0: Investigators had just finished collecting the evidence connecting Daniel Seltzer to the gruesome murder when their prime suspect arrived back at his home. What was his reaction to your being there?
4: Yes, what are you guys doing? We were randizing right there on the spot.
0: Daniel Seltzer was arrested and ultimately charged with the murder of George Lamphere. Seltzer was behind bars awaiting trial. Several people who knew him contacted police. They said that Seltzer had been bragging about the crime. The details they shared were chilling. They said that Seltzer had met George Lampfear just hours before his murder. Did you find out how Seltzer gained entry to Lampfear's apartment?
4: It was a chance meeting. He was on his way home from work. And they got to talking, let's go back to my apartment. And Seltzer said, "Okay." They went in together. And I just ballooned from there.
0: Once inside, Seltzer overpowered George and strangled him to death. After looting the apartment, he set it on fire, hoping to make the savage crime look like an accident. What do you think motivated Seltzer to kill George.
4: I think his hatred for gays. He had a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of personality. He could be very violent.
0: Five months after his arrest, Daniel Seltzer was tried and convicted for the murder of George Lanphier. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. As investigators working on Jerry Girardi's murder studied the evidence that had been presented at trial, they became convinced that Daniel Seltzer was responsible for Jerry's murder as well. The circumstantial links between the two cases seemed too strong to be a coincidence. Both George Lamphere and Jerry Girardi had been strangled to death in violent, hate-fueled attacks by someone they had invited into their home.
1: Those similarities would tell you that, okay, these have to be connected in some way.
0: Despite their suspicions about Seltzer's role in the Girardi murder, the lack of physical evidence prevented prosecutors from moving forward. Then, 10 years later, Police got a critical break in the case.
1: I received a phone call from Daniel Seltzer's former girlfriend, Kathy, and she wanted to provide information on the Girardi case.
0: What did you think compelled her timing of coming forward?
1: She no longer lived in Mishawaka. Daniel Seltzer was locked up, so she felt safe.
0: Kathy said she had lived in fear of Seltzer's violent temper when they were together, especially after he confessed to killing a man.
1: Kathy was having lunch with her boyfriend at this restaurant and was shocked when he told her that he had murdered a guy in the apartment complex across the street.
0: The apartment building had been the home of Jerry Girardi.
1: She told me that Daniel Seltzer had met him at a bar and they went back to Jerry's apartment, and he strangled him. He even gave the year in 1981.
0: Investigators had waited years for a lead like this. But prosecutors told Detective Whitfield they still needed more. So he asked Kathy to participate in an unusual sting operation.
1: I said, would you be willing to? to reestablish contact with him, write him some letters, and see if he'd be willing to write you back.
0: How did she react to that? She
1: agreed to do that.
0: As you continued to talk with her, you had to figure Mm -hmm. out, how am I going to use this information? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was your thought process?
1: I was hoping that since he had already told her once, maybe he would just tell her again and put it in writing this time.
0: Once she agreed to write a letter, how did the case move forward?
1: Kathy wrote just one letter and stopped writing. She was afraid.
0: But Detective Whitfield wasn't about to give up. He sensed that Seltzer could be drawn into discussing the crime with his ex.
1: I started to think about, okay, well, how can I do this without her? And I already had the post office box set up. He knows that she's interested in talking so i wrote the letters myself as kathy as kathy
0: detective whitfield found women in the prosecutor's office who could replicate kathy's handwriting and help him choose his words
1: He said look i'm a guy he's going to figure out that i'm not kathy if you don't put the woman's touch to these letters for me
0: and what did you think the chances were that this was going to work
1: i felt that there was nothing going to stop me with this Are you tougher than the case, or is the case tougher than you? You don't give up.
0: For six months, Detective Whitfield and his team slowly lured Seltzer into trusting his portrayal of Kathy. So you were playing head games with him? I was. And all of Whitfield's hard work finally paid off when Daniel Seltzer wrote a letter confessing to the murder of Jerry Girardi.
1: He put himself at the scene. He said that he stole some jewelry, and he said he strangled him.
0: The letter convinced Whitfield that Seltzer murdered Jerry, but he knew it would take more evidence to get an arrest warrant.
1: I still wasn't convinced that we had enough.
0: But the progress that Whitfield made ultimately led Commander Tim Corbett and his cold case team to reopen the investigation. What did you learn about the Girardi case?
2: When I initially read the case, I thought Daniel Seltzer was swirling the drain. I thought we had him, and it was a matter of just doing some additional things.
0: What did you think was missing?
2: Physical evidence.
0: Corbett and Detective Tim Decker took a hard look at everything investigators collected back in 1981, hoping there would be evidence they could submit for DNA testing.
4: There was a number of cigarette butts that were removed from an ashtray.
2: DNA, you know, it wasn't as progressed when Craig had the case. We sent the stuff off and boom, it was a hit.
4: That came back to Daniel Seltzer.
0: Suddenly, police were convinced they now had the physical evidence they needed to support an already powerful circumstantial case. And prosecutors agreed. As they prepared a warrant for Daniel Seltzer's arrest that was more than two decades in the making, investigators decided to wait just a few days longer to confront seltzer who was close to finishing out his sentence for the murder of george lamphere what was your plan when it came to the arrest of seltzer
2: plan was to hold the arrest warrant till the very last minute that i could because seltzer knew he was going to be getting out
4: We told them that we had some good news and some bad news, and the good news that he was leaving today, but the bad news was he was under arrest on a charge of murder.
2: He was going to be a free man, and I snatched it away from him, just like he snatched their lives.
4: And he looked at us and, with no emotion whatsoever, said, what took you guys so long? I'll never forget that.
0: For Jerry Girardi's brother, Seltzer's arrest just hours before his release from prison was a fitting end to nearly 30 years of heartache. How meaningful to you was the timing of Seltzer's arrest for your brother's murder?
3: We thought that was fantastic. That's karma. And it's was like, wow.
0: In February of 2009, Daniel Seltzer was tried for the 1981 murder of Jerry Girardi. Prosecutor Chris Frank was confident he could get a conviction.
1: I knew it was a very strong case.
4: With the DNA evidence, that proved that the defendant was without a doubt in the victim's apartment near the time of the murder.
0: The state also introduced Seltzer's confession letter, obtained in Detective Whitfield's unusual sting operation. Oh, we were just so happy. We gave him the Creative Writing Award. Tim Corbett and his team even convinced Seltzer's reluctant ex-girlfriend, Kathy, to testify. How did you talk her into cooperating? I painted a
2: very graphic picture of what Daniel Seltzer would do to her when he got out knowing that she was a witness on the homicide.
0: Daniel Seltzer was found guilty and received the maximum 60 year sentence for Jerry Girardi's murder. His conviction allowed the loved ones of George Lampfear and Jerry Girardi to close very painful chapters of their lives.
5: There's a lot of hatred out there and George was a victim of hatred.
0: The Girardi family takes solace in sharing with others Jerry's legacy, his music. And they're grateful for the hard work of the many dedicated investigators who never lost sight of justice. What do you want our audience to learn from this case?
3: Don't give up hope. You talk about a cold case, but what we think is cold is hot underneath. They were working on it that whole time.
0: Daniel Seltzer had served just six years of his sentence for the murder of Jerry Girardi when he died in prison at the age of 54. I'm Paula Zahn. Please join us next time when we're back on The Case.